Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final hour of today's episode of this program. Thank you for tuning in. We've learned a lot about the goings-on here in the state of Utah, both in our battle against the coronavirus as well as the goings-on up on Utah's Capitol Hill in response to not only the economic impact the state has sustained while battling the coronavirus, but also in looking at a number of changes in terms of uh, policy regarding chokeholds and such like that in post-training at the state level. The governor in that press conference announced that no chokeholds will be uh, taught uh, or instructed at the the post-training, and he has implemented that also within the Department of Corrections. Also, a special session coming up next week to figure out the money here in the state of Utah, have another look at the budget. We don't know the revenue numbers yet, uh, but we got to have a plan, and Utah, at least it's hoped, after the special session of next week, will have that all sorted out. I want to tell you a story about someone I met uh, early last year. Early last year, I was a congressional staffer, as I tell you all the time, and remind you, I'm very proud of those days, uh, and so I'll continue to brag about that. I was a congressional aide, and one of my responsibilities was escorting uh, the, the the member of Congress for whom I worked, Rob Bishop, my one of my responsibilities was escorting uh, Congressman Bishop's uh, guest for the State of the Union. He invited uh, Jenny Taylor to uh, accompany him to the State of the Union address last year. And as I and Jenny Taylor were making our way down the Hall of Statues, coincidentally, we're going to talk about the Hall of Statues later on in the program, but uh, on the evening of the State of the Union address of last year, Jenny Taylor and I were walking down the Hall of Statues, and we encountered uh, General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. If you make your way over to my Facebook page right now, you'll see a picture from that evening. Uh, but he was aware of Jenny Taylor's story and the loss of her husband, Major Brent Taylor. And there could not have been a more warm interaction. He was uh, inviting. He was gracious. This moment was one of, uh, if I'm honest, uh, great uh, pressure. There are the, the, the top names and faces in government are all crowded into this very uh, tight space. Uh, there are all kinds of new people. You're trying to remember names, remember where they fit into this uh, great storyline here in the United States, figuring things out, seeing faces you, you see only ever on TV as a talking head, and oh my gosh, they're right there in front of me. Well, one of those such people, General Mark Milley, he sought out Jenny Taylor, they spoke, they took some photos, and that was that. 
That was my, uh, my only interactions with General Mark Milley. Now, I know him by reputation. He has a very strong reputation as a strong leader. And certainly uh, by his decades of service to uh, the, the military, that in itself is a testament to his character, uh, so much so that he was selected as chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Now, why do I bring this all up? Well, because General Mark Milley finds himself in the uh, middle of uh, a little bit of controversy right now. You see, uh, this all started on Sunday. You remember when uh, President Trump walked uh, out in front of the White House through Lafayette Park and over to St. John's Episcopal Church? Coincidentally, Lafayette Park, the members of the Utah Army National Guard, the members of the Utah Army National Guard who were deployed to Washington, D.C., their job was to protect this Lafayette Park. Anyway, uh, the president, uh, along with members of his staff, to include General Mark Milley, who at that moment was dressed in full military fatigues. As the president and others crossed uh, through Lafayette Park, they were all dressed in in business suits and the the women in uh, business attire. There was uh, General Mark Milley in fatigues. He there in his capacity as chairman of the Joint Chiefs, member of the military, engaged in a domestic display. And therein lies the controversy. Not long after those photographs began circulating, the group of men and women in business attire walking across Lafayette Park, accompanied by General Mark Milley, who is an imposing man, not terribly tall, but thick neck, broad-shouldered. And to see him in his uniform with the stars on his shoulder, it's imposing. It sends a message. And many didn't feel that that message was appropriate for uh, the scene on Sunday. So much so that it has moved General Mark Milley to offer an apology. And he offered up that apology in a recorded speech which he delivered to graduates of the National Defense University just today. Here is that apology. As senior leaders, everything you do will be closely watched. And I am not immune. As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, That sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. As a commissioned uniformed officer, it was a mistake that I have learned from, and I sincerely hope we all can learn from it. We who wear the cloth of our nation come from the people of our nation. And we must hold dear the principle of an apolitical military that is so deeply rooted in the very essence of our republic. And this is not easy. It takes time and work and effort. But it may be the most important thing each and every one of us does every single day. What do you think about that? Was the apology appropriate? Should he have offered such an apology? And maybe that's the wrong question to ask. Maybe the question to ask is, what can we learn from his apology? 
as I watched that apology, as I watched the video recording of uh, General Milley speaking to those graduates of the National Defense University earlier this morning, I thought, oh, man, that's too bad that he uh, you probably pressured to do that, right? There are probably some people who said, oh, yeah, you, ought to, uh, you really ought to do this. But then I thought, no, 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 no. You don't get to that position. You don't get to that position of leadership, uh, chairman of Joint Chiefs and all the leadership positions that he has held during his military career, leading troops into battle. You don't get to uh, you don't you don't get your hands on that responsibility without truly understanding what it means to lead. And you demonstrate that understanding through your actions. And while I, before this apology, really didn't understand whether or not it was appropriate uh, or if he should or should not have been there, maybe if he uh, wore a suit like the rest of the uh, individuals walking through the square, maybe that would have been okay. I, I, I tried sorting it out, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't until I saw him this morning offering this apology and explanation. From a person in this position, an apology is not a sign of weakness, but rather leadership. Because it displays the ability to be dynamic, to learn from the views and positions of others. And he put that on display, not only for the graduates of the National Defense University, not only for the, uh, the rest of the chiefs of staff of the military, not only for the president's administration, not only for all the men and women wearing the, as he phrased it, the cloth of this country, uh, but for you and me as well. And leadership right now, especially this type of leadership, which displays a dynamic approach and the ability to dynamically respond to the views uh, and attitudes of those around us, I think is admirable. And so while I don't know that I'll ever understand whether or not it was the right thing for him to apologize, whether or not it was the right thing for him to accompany the president through Lafayette Square, I do believe that his apology in and of itself is a great sign of leadership and displays a lesson that you and I uh, ought to take note of and learn and maybe apply to our own behavior, specifically now, as there is so much competing views, so many competing opinions and attitudes sweeping this nation. I'm late for a break. I'm going to take one now. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you about Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She has sent a letter regarding statues in the U.S. Capitol. Now, that sounds uh, like nothing. Well, it means a lot. And I'll tell you why next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.